and uh, the privilege has been ours to be with you this week, and we're so thankful for the opportunity that the Lord has given us to be able to come and be a part of your life for just a few weeks or a few days this week, and uh, so I'm thankful for that, and uh, I thank the Lord for the ministry that He's given us, and uh, the Lord's been very good to me, and uh, I am thankful for what the Lord has allowed me to do, and uh, I preach... I preach in a lot of places, but I preach in some of the smallest churches probably in America. And uh, the Lord's blessed me to do that. And I am thankful for that. I, I preach, I know you think you probably have a small congregation, uh, but I preach and there's a, I hold a revival every year for a little old church way out in the country. Uh, I preach a revival for a man. Uh, he's, he's, not real, uh, he's not real learned at all, and, uh, but he's a good man and uh, loves the Lord, and uh, wants to live right, wants to do right, and wants to preach right to his people. He started work about four years ago, I guess, and so I started preaching revival meetings for him immediately. The first revival they ever had, I preached, and uh, I've preached a revival there every year since then. So I've four years I've been preaching revivals, I think that's right. Four years I've been preaching revival meetings for them, and uh, they they may have um, they probably got eight members faithful. And uh, but he and he he he'll call me every once in a while and he'll say, brother David, I I I just it just don't seem like it's going nowhere or nothing else. I said, brother, I'm gonna tell you something. If you're gonna preach the way you're preaching, it ain't gonna go much nowhere. And uh, that's just the way it is. And uh, there are exceptions to that. Uh, every big church is not a bad church, and every small church is not a good church. But God knows what He wants, and He knows what He wants to do in a certain area with certain people. Um, our church at Pleasant View, we we probably now we probably I would say I hadn't looked recently, I, and it doesn't fluctuate much. We've had some folk leave, and as always, and we've had some folk join. Uh, coming and going. And so we, we, we're kind of around probably 300, 325 people, something like that, is what our church is. Um, but when I first came to Pleasant View, and that was 24 years ago, my pastor has been there for 30 years, so he'd been there six years when we came. We was running about 35 people, uh, including my family. So we added four to that, so before that it's about 31, amen. And, uh, but... It didn't matter. The Lord met with us, and uh, we'd, we'd lose some folk. And we'd get down in the 20s, and the Lord would bless, and we'd see some folk come back and help us for a while, and then they'd be gone again. And then the Lord, it seemed like, <clears throat> after a number of years, began to build and, uh, and add, and it just, we would lose a few, but we just kept adding folk, you know, and that's just the way that it was. And most of the people that come to our church drive to get there, uh, most of the folk that we uh, live around do not appreciate the church and they don't want to be a part of it. And there's people around that hate it and there's people that wish they had it will drive and move to it. And uh, we've had families move in from all over the country just to be a part of our church. Uh, and we have folk that drive an hour one way every service. Uh, just I'm sure y'all have the same thing. Drive an hour one way every service and the reason being, it's not because, we, and we have a great preacher, and we have a great choir, and we have great music, and we have, 
I feel like a great congregation, good folk. We're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We got people there that's hypocrites. And I told somebody, I said, don't knock them too hard. We've been working all week trying to get them to come, amen. <laughs> and uh, we got folk there that are not saved and that are in our church. We got, we got you're not going to believe this, but we have members in our church who are not saved. Amen. And we hope they get saved. They, some of them claim to be saved, but I don't think they're saved. But now I could be wrong. But we have hope, but the Lord knows. Yes. And uh, so I said all that to say this. The Lord knows what He wants to do. And if you will let the Lord just be, and I was talking to Brother John about this today, and I'm not preaching this, and, uh, but um, if you will just let God be what God always is, you know what God always is? We talk about the Lord is good and He is good. And we talk about the Lord is great and He is great. And we talk about God is merciful and He is merciful and He's just and He's just and He is holy and He's holy. But you know what God really is? You want to boil it down just to brass tacks. God's just always God. Amen. We have lost sight of that. We've lost sight of the fact that He is God. He's not... We got the idea He's a God like we cut a piece of wood down, make an image, give it hands and feet, bow down and pray to that God the way the nation of Israel did. They'd bow down and pray to this little old idol. Then they'd pick that idol up. He couldn't even walk. So they'd pick up and move him. If he had to go somewhere, they had to pick him up and move him. Well, that ain't no kind of God. And we forget, and so we categorize him as that type of God. We have... Um, uh, our, in our mind that he's some kind of human God. You know, he's God, but he's a little bit human. So he has weaknesses and frailties and all that kind of stuff like Greek mythology. But he's not that kind of God. He is God. He's God Almighty. And everything flows, you need to understand this, everything flows from God. Nothing flows to him. Everything flows from him. Everything starts with God and goes from him. Nothing is coming to him. I, I said the other night, and I've said this before and got some strange looks from folk, but, uh, but God don't, we, we say, well, God thought of, well, God never did think of. He never has because he never has had to. God has never had to have an idea because all ideas come from God. He, God don't think up ideas. He gives ideas to people. But God don't ever have an idea because God's never thought of anything because God's always known it. It didn't surprise God the day that I got saved by the grace of God. Didn't take him by surprise one bit. He knew what was going on. He was the one working it. Amen. amen. And you and I know a lot of people they get off in that area and they get confused in their doctrine, but I'm not confused, amen. Amen. I believe man has a will and he has to exercise that will in order to be saved, but God is still a sovereign. God's got a purpose, God's got a plan, and He's going to bring that to pass. And only thing, listen, God gives you a choice in the matter. You know what that choice is? Line up with Him or don't. But it ain't going to change His plan none. It ain't going to change God none. It's God's always going to be what He is. And uh, so I'm going to give you message number one, Brother John. I wasn't going to preach this, and I'm not going to preach it, but I'm going to give you the thought so you can dwell on it. And so you can dig around on it, amen, and think on it. But when them disciples were in the boat with Jesus, they went back there and they woke him up and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He arose and he immediately rebuked the wind. And he said, where is your faith? You have no faith. He said, and that the Bible said they could, did not believe because of the hardness of their heart. 
and they were very, very fearful. So I want us to look. We talk about, you know, if you've got faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it'll be thou removed into the sea, and it'll get up and go to the sea. That's, you know, we always quote that, and especially a lot of the TV preachers quote that, amen. And if you're sending money to a TV preacher, save you money, it ain't doing no good. Amen. Give it to the local church, you'll be okay. Okay, amen. And so, uh, uh, but anyway, I won't deal with that tonight. But, uh, but these disciples had no faith, so they were faithless. They were fearful. And they were in a failing state when it comes to the fact that their heart was hard against God. They weren't right with God. But you know what Jesus still done? He still rebuked the wind and calm the sea. Their faith or lack of faith, their hardness of heart or tenderness of heart, their fearfulness or their trusting him, none of that affected him a bit. It didn't affect him. He, it, didn't, it didn't strain him one bit to say, peace be still. And calm the sea when they were in the midst of probably one of the greatest, deepest, darkest Valleys they had ever been in their life. No faith. He said you have no faith. He didn't say they had a little faith. In that text he said you have no faith. None whatsoever. You have no faith. Didn't affect God one bit. And I'll say this to you and I'll move on. Your faith and belief does not change God. Your faith and belief changes you. God is always God. And a million billion years from now he'll still be God. And if you get saved by the grace of God, you'll be in heaven enjoying the wonder and the splendor of life eternal. You know what? He'll be God. And if you reject Him and die and go to a Christless eternity and spend forever in hell and the lake of fire, you know what you'll, he'll, you'll be? You'll be a sinner lost without God. And you know what He'll be? He'll still be God. It ain't going to change Him one bit. It didn't listen to me, I'm, and I, I, I don't mean to belabor that point, but I just want you to know tonight, it ain't that God is not affected by you. You're affected by Him. Amen. 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 So you need to, I, I trust that you'll let that soak in your mind. That's not where I'm at tonight. Hebrews chapter number 10, we were there last night. <clears throat> we're going to be back in that text again, but dealing with a totally different subject. <clears throat> and one that I feel is very needful. And uh, and so I, I I don't ever I've never been a positive preacher, Amen. No, I've never been accused of being a positive preacher. I put it that way. I think everything I say is positive, Amen. And uh, if you'll just apply it and use it, it'll be positive in your life. It may not sound positive, but it is positive. I'm not Joel Olstein, Amen. And uh, don't want to be. I told somebody they I didn't know who he was. I saw a picture of him one time. I had no idea who he was. Somebody asked me about him. I said, you can't trust him. He's got more teeth than a shark, amen. And uh, it, there ain't nobody got that perfect of a smile you can trust, amen. I promise you that. And uh, But anyway, uh, but I'm not, I'm not a positive, but I don't necessarily, I don't try to be negative either. I just try to preach the truth and let it be what it is in your life, whether that be positive or negative. And so that's kind of where I'm at tonight. I'd like to end this series of, meetings, a series of services that we've had on a really high note. I would like to do that, but we're not going to do that tonight. And uh, so we're just going to preach the Word of God 
And this is my prayer often uh, when I pray nearly every time before I preach. I pray, I say, Lord, let me preach the word of God as it is to men as they are without fear and without favor in sight of the judgment and not the faces of men. And that is my prayer. And uh, my wife can testify to the fact that I've tried to be faithful to that down through the years. Amen. It's got us in some pickles every once in a while, but that's all right. Amen. As long as she's got the keys. Now, I'm here tonight with Brother John, so if y'all get mad, he's going to have to take me home. And uh, if he gets mad and leaves me, amen, I'll have to hitchhike and find my way back to his house and get my van. Amen. But I don't think that'll happen. I appreciate you being here tonight. It's a good crowd that we've got tonight, and I'm so thankful for that. Thankful for what God has done in my heart this week and what he's done in your heart. And joy to get to meet folk, new folk we hadn't met before, some that we have seen, and getting to see you again. And uh, it's a joy to be with you. Thank you for all the food. Uh, everything was wonderful. Thank you for all the fellowship. And uh, all of that's wonderful. The love offering and everything that you've given us is just, uh, we are humbled by that. And we know that we are not worthy of it. And, uh, but we are thankful for it just the same. And I promise you it will be used for the glory of God. Anything you give, uh, we'll use it for the glory of God and try to uh, reach people with the gospel. It'll carry us on down the road. A lot of churches I preach in are churches that uh, this size and a lot of them even smaller. And uh, so a lot of times I have pastors call them. They say, Brother Wells, we'd love to have you come. Uh, but I'm afraid that we just couldn't afford to have you come. I said, I don't remember giving you a price. And, uh, and so I, it's not, I'm not, I don't preach to make a living. I make a living. And I, I appreciate the money. I appreciate the money that you give. It, somebody said, well, you don't need money. Well, I understand we don't need money, but the gas station needs money. Amen. And my banker needs money. Amen. Every month he expects me to bring him money. I can just tell him, well, I'm living by faith. He'll say, well, find you another place to live by faith. Amen. <laughs> and so uh, I, don't, I know God don't need, don't need my money, but God uses money. And that's the way we ought to do it. It ought to be something we use, not something that we live for, strive for, but just something that we use that God allows us to be a steward of. And if you'll look at money as you being the steward of it and not being the owner of it, you won't have near as hard a time uh, turning loose of it. You won't have no trouble giving God everything when you realize He's given you everything. And so, uh, but I appreciate all that you've done and uh, all, the, all the, the monthly support you give. Just everything, I can't say enough. I've loved staying in the house, and uh, I wish Brother John and Miss Christie would leave for a week and leave me at the house and let me dig through all the little secret places that they ain't found, amen, and uh, find out all the, dig all the, probably a lot of stuff out of the walls that they don't know is there, amen. And, uh, but uh, I just, I love old houses and things of that nature, and uh, I love history, and that's, that's very interesting to me. They just showed me all the stuff in the house, the, the windows and the uh, woodwork and uh, all the marks that were there to prove the authenticity of it and just pictures and history, and I just I love that stuff, and I don't get bored with it. And uh, so I, I enjoy it, and uh, I like especially American history and early American history, but I like history. One fellow said, if you don't learn from history, then we're doomed to repeat it. And one fellow said, one thing we have learned from history is we never learn anything from history, amen. <laughs> and I was listening to a radio broadcast and we talk about how horrible the political system is right now and how horrible it is for us to have to live through the how bad the Democrats are and how bad the Republicans are and how bad everything's going, how much we've been in a, we're in a mess up in Washington, D.C. But I'll tell you something, we ain't even close to where we were at. Uh, in the early 1800s. 
I mean, we're not we're we we're in a moral civil war right now, morality, but we're not even close to coming to arms. So we've been a whole lot worse, and God saw us through that, and God will see us through this. Amen. Amen. There, was, but now there, I understand they had a moral foundation, and that that is different. But I mean, we you're you're talking about a nation in our in our short history, and we have a short history, comparatively speaking. We have, we're, you're talking about a nation that went to war with itself and survived by the grace of God. Yes, sir. Amen. The South survived the war of northern aggression. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and we learned to adapt. We adapted and survived. Amen. And so we're, we're going to be fine. We're not going to survive as a nation. Get that in your mind. We're not going to survive. No nation ever has except Israel. It's never going to. God don't intend for it to. So we do all we can for the glory of God and let God control the outcome. Amen. And be thankful that we get to be a part of it. Hebrews chapter number 10. And we're bringing thought the Lord has laid on our heart. I'm going to read just a few verses, not the entire chapter again tonight, but just a few verses tonight to give us a context of the scripture that I wish to deal with. Hebrews chapter number 10. And verse number 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, again, sins, plural, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. How much sore punishment suppose ye shall he that be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified in an holy thing and hath done despite under the Spirit of grace. For we know him that said, Vengeance belongeth unto the Lord, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Father, as we come before your throne tonight, we are once again thankful for the word of God. Father, I'm glad that the word of God is true and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the joints and the marrow, piercing even uh, the soul and the spirit and dividing them. And God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And we thank you for that tonight. I thank you for the power that's in the word. I pray God you'd help me to preach the word tonight and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for all that you do. Get glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to, if God will help me for just a little while tonight, I want to preach out of verse number 25 as my text verse. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I want to preach, if God will help me, on this thought, uh, on the danger of being disconnected. The danger of being disconnected. I was, I have in the last year, I, I, our church 
as a whole in the last year, specifically almost a year to the day. Uh, the last year I was supposed to be with you in a meeting here. And I was supposed to be here and I was supposed to be one of the place. And we had a church situation come up that we had to deal with and that I needed to be there. Now I'm not the pastor, but I am a man in the church. And I guess I would be considered some sort of leader in the church. I've been there so long. And I have a position there, not one that they have given me, but one that I have developed over the years. I'm not the pastor again, but I am a member of the church. And my pastor felt like that he needed me there for that situation for us to deal with that. And that went on for a number of weeks. And uh, and still we're dealing with some of the repercussions of that situation even now. Uh, suffice it to say, Brother John, uh, I felt like that I should do that, and I, of course, called Brother John and told him what was going on. I didn't go into any, really any into details or things of that nature with him. And the other pastor that I was supposed to be with, I talked with him as well. And so I, I felt like that it was needful for me to be there. My pastor felt like it was needful, needful for me to be there. And so I, I canceled the meetings that I had uh, until he felt like it was good for me to be gone again. He felt like the church and they didn't need me right there close by. And so we were able to do that. And I am thankful for that. And the reason being uh, is because I am thankful to be a part of a local assembly. Now I know that there is a church and I, I'm not going to I'm not going to argue this point with you. Don't come to me after church and try to argue it with me because I'm not going you can't argue it with me. It's, it's I've got too much bible for you, amen, if you believe any differently. But there is a church that is the body of Christ that includes members from one end of this world to the other. And there we call that the church universal. We don't want to say universal church because that's what the word Catholic means. So we don't want to be called a Catholic. So we don't want to use the word universal church. But there is the church, as Brother Biddle used to say, the church universal. But God and God works in that and God has a plan that he's bringing that body of believers and we will come together and we will be the bride of Christ. We know that. But there's also the church local and that is what God is working in the lives of individuals through. So if I'm out witnessing to folk and well I'm a part of that big church. Well if you're a part of that big church that you're talking about you'll be a part of the local church somewhere. And if you're not a part of the local church somewhere good chances are you ain't a part of that big church either that you're so fond of people so fond of bringing up. Now I do want they say well I, I'm a part of that big church. Well I told them I said well next time you get sick call their members and ask them to come help you. They ain't gonna come because they, they don't know where they're at. They ain't even got their phone number. Amen. Call that call the pastor of that big church, the universal church that you're so fond of being a part of. Call him the next time you need some help and see how much help you get. I tell them the same thing about the TV preachers and everything else. Amen. One thought, well, I send my money to Benny Hinn. I said, well, next time you're in the hospital, call him instead of me. Amen. I don't want you to send your money to me, amen, but you'll at least give it to the local church, amen. I believe that. And all my money is funneled through the local church, by the way. I'm accountable to that. Even love offerings and everything else I get, I make sure they know how much I've gotten in that week. Amen. And they put that on my account. You say, well, I don't know if I'd do that or not. I understand that, but that's what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about the danger of being disconnected. We went through an issue with a family that's very close to me, a family uh, that has been a close, close friend of mine. And uh, that family ended up leaving the church. 
And that ain't the first time that I've lost friends over the stand that I've taken for the truth and for the word of God and for the house of God. So don't feel sorry for me. Amen. I'm not looking for pity tonight. I'm just letting you know I know exactly what it costs to stand where I stand on the issue that I'm preaching on tonight. But as I was going up the road one day, I, I hear uh, for a number of years, uh, years and years, I was, a, I was a customer of AT&T phone service. And uh, when I first started with them, they were the best service that I could get. I mean, everywhere you went, you could get a signal. And right there at the house, you could get a good signal and everything. And then over the years, it got worse. They kept telling me they were putting up towers. The more towers they put up, the less signal I got in less places. So I finally said, what is the point of paying for something that I cannot use when I need to use it? So I switched phone services. And the services I switched to, I switched to uh, Bluegrass Cellular, which is a, a Kentucky, I wish you could get their service, but you can't. But it's a Kentucky company, and they do a great job, but they piggyback on Verizon. So everywhere there's a Verizon service, I've got service for my phone. So I've got service, just I haven't found anywhere that, I might find one little spot, I ain't got it, but I ain't found anywhere that I don't have any service at all. And so I am thankful for that. But as I was going up the road one day, I thought about that, and I began to think about some of the problems that can arise from being uh, in a place where you get disconnected in your phone service. And God began to put an analogy in my mind about being disconnected and how that you can get disconnected from your phone service and how that applies to the local church and the local body of believers. Now, I want to say this to you, uh, that the church is where God is speaking today. God is doing everything that he is doing for his plan and his purpose. He's funneling that through the local church. You say, Brother David, I know people that are not a member of the local church and God is using them mightily. You need to understand there's a difference between God using someone and God approving someone. God used Balaam's ass. God used a rooster to talk to Peter. But that don't mean God approved of them. Do you understand that? God has a way, Brother Mays, that he does things, and the way he does them in the New Testament is through that local church. I'll tell you how important the church is. Number one, the Bible said that the church is so important, so vital to the Lord Jesus Christ that he loved it and gave himself, not for sinners, but for the church. The Bible said that he purchased the church with his own blood. The Bible lets us know that to Christ, the church is vitally important in the day and hour in which we live. And it ought to be vitally important to you and I. It, might, it ought to be, listen, the church is more important. The church is more important than little league baseball. It's more important than midget football. It's more important than a high school football on Friday night. It's more important than anything else going on in the world. It's more important than that. When the house of God is open, I'm talking to Old Paz Baptist Church. There are people here that are not members of Old Paz Baptist Church and you're a member somewhere else. So when I say Old Paz, you put your church there, amen. But you, when the doors are open, you ought to be at the house of God supporting what's going on at the house of God. You say, Brother David, I don't like what's going on and I can't support it. Then, Like I said the other night, you need to find a place where you can, amen. 
Go somewhere if you, hey, listen, if you can't support what's going on where you're at, don't stay there and be a knot on the log, amen, get mad and upset, all flustered and everything else, get in a bad mood and get in a bad shape with God. Go somewhere where God uh, will lead you to, where you can support, amen, what's going on. And so you say, Brother David, I, 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 don't, I don't particularly like what's going on and I don't know what to do. I can tell you what to do. Come out from among them, be you separate, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing. So what I'm saying to you tonight is if that's not how you feel about the old past Baptist church, you need to find a church where you can feel that way or get your heart right with God to where you can feel that way here. But do one of the two. Don't hinder the work of God. You say, Brother David, are you trying to run people off? No, I'm not trying to run people off unless they need to be run off. But I've seen God make a few blessed subtractions and not just blessed additions, amen. What are you saying, Brother David? I'm saying that God knows what he's doing, amen. And many times we don't understand what God's doing and we think, man, there's no way we can survive if we don't have this number of people, this much money coming in everywhere. But God is not limited by numbers. He's not limited by numbers in Auburn Plate. He ain't limited by numbers on the pew and he's not limited by numbers of people around you, amen. And so, Brother Jason, it's more, I'll tell you something, and I, I know you know this, but I'm going to reinforce it to you and your family tonight. This place is more important than your job. Right. You got to have your job, but listen to me, and I understand sometimes we have to work late and everything else, but this place is more important than anything else going on. Right. It's more important than your job. It's more important than pain on the road. If they don't have another stripe on the road and this place needs you, it's more important than that place. You know that. I know you know that. We've been together all week. I know that. I'm not, I'm not being mean to him at all. But it's more important and it's more important. It's more important than putting stripes on the road. It's more important than family reunion. Amen. You ever wondered why they always put family reunions on Sunday? Yeah, the devil's just seeing how many people he can keep out on Sunday out of the house of God. Amen. And you go down there, you go to that, you say, Well, anything going wrong with a family reunion on Sunday? No, after church service, go on down there. Amen. You say, Well, what do they say at your family reunion? They don't invite me to the family reunion, amen. Why? They have it on Sunday and most, they have it, if they have one, it's about the Brewsters. That's the only people that get together. The Wells never get together. The Brewsters are the only one get together. When they get together, all they want to do is drink and pick, amen. Pick guitars and sing music. Nothing wrong picking a guitar and singing music. I love it. But I ain't going to drink and I ain't going where they do it, amen. You know what you do? You say, you go, hey, I don't want to drink. I ain't going to come down there. You know what they'll do? You quit getting invitations in the mail. You don't even have to make the decision. They'll make it for you. What are you saying, Brother David? I'm saying we ought to be, the church, we ought to be vitally joined to the local body of believers. I wrote down a few things about reasons why you get disconnected. Well, I'm talking about a phone here, but I want you to have enough spiritual sense to make the application, and I'll make some of it for you. Number one, you can, you can lose, you can get disconnected on your phone because you've got a low battery. Now, I, I don't know, I've got the phone I've got now, I don't understand my phone. My son says, because I carry it in my back pocket, I've bent it and the screen's popped up and the battery's got bent. And so because of that, because of that taking place, sometimes my battery will say, my battery will say 100% and 10 minutes later it'll be 50%. And then you put it on the charger, boom, it's back up to 100%. Sometimes, sometimes a screen will come on and it'll just random numbers. And I, what is going on with my phone? I don't know what's going on. It, it, sometimes it's just it's crazy. I was at the house one day, men and man that I go to church with, and all of a sudden, 
uh, an eBay thing pulled up on my phone and there was all kinds of women's shoes on there. I said, my daughter and wife are looking at shoes on eBay, amen. And somehow or another, it's going to my phone. Well, I was talking to a man I, I work that I go to church with and I also work with. He said, you don't share the eyes on my, on my tractor driving the tractor and all of a sudden my phone come on and just stuff started filling up to me by women's shoes. And all that. I said, this same thing happened to mine. Was your wife shopping for shoes and you didn't know it? He said, no. I said, well, mine wasn't either. I don't know what happened. What are you saying, Brother David? I'm saying that sometimes a battery can be out of sorts. Your power source will be low. Sometimes the reason you get disconnected from the house of God, the reason you get disconnected from the body is because your power ain't right. You've let things slip in your life that you should have maintained. And that's affected how the power of God is working in your life. You've let things get in between you and the Lord that you know shouldn't be between you and the Lord. And when it gets between you and the Lord, it gets between you and the body. This is what he said in this text in Hebrews, lest you think I'm just totally diving off the deep end here. In Hebrews chapter number 10, this is what he said. He said, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He's, he's fixing to tell us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And he's telling us in order to do that, when we're gonna, if, we're gonna, if that's going to be important to us, if we're going to be able to do that, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, we're going to have to have a pure conscience and we're going to have to have our bodies washed with pure water. Now he's not listening. I know, I know that some of the young boys, especially Josiah probably and Roy and uh, Richard, I believe it is, they're fixing to you know, crawl up into a fetal position because they think I'm fixing to preach on taking a bath, amen. But you ought to take a bath. Amen. On a regular basis. As a matter of fact, the older you get, the more of them you ought to take. Amen. Amen. I, I, I used to haul some Amish people around. I'd charge them to take them to town or whatever. I quit doing it. I couldn't get the smell out of my truck. Amen. After I hauled them to town. I said, I understand if they don't want to use deodorant, that's fine. But soap and water don't cost that much. Amen. As a matter of fact, you can get water for free and I'll supply the soap if you'll just take a bath. Amen. Uh, but he's not talking about a physical bath here. He's talking about washing ourselves with the water of God's word. He's talking about cleansing your body. In other words, he's not talking about taking the Bible and rubbing it all over you and cleaning the mud off of you with your Bible. He's talking about getting all the things out of your life that would hinder you from walking with God. If you want the church to be vitally important, if you don't want to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, get the sin out and put the word in. A lot of times we hear get the sin out and we ought to do that. But if you just get the sin out and don't put the word in, you ain't gonna get far. But you get the sin out and put the word in. Evil, getting rid of the evil conscience, get the sin out. Washing our bodies with a pure water, with pure water, you know what that is? Putting the word in. We're to get the evil out and put the word in and then when we do that, you know what we'll start doing? We won't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. You know why? Because what's important down at the house of God will be important to us. Preaching will be important. Singing will be important. Witnessing will be important. Living for the Lord will be important. Separating from the world will be important. I'll tell you something. You are not going to separate yourself too much from this world. You listen to me? You're not going to separate yourself too much from this world. If you're not careful, you'll let things get in your life, either Hollywood or anything else, and it'll cause the power meter on your Christian life to drop out. And you know what you'll find yourself doing? Laying out to watch football on Sunday night. Right. Come on. 
Amen. 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 You'll be, before you know it, you'll be suggesting the pastor, we're going to bring you in the big screen and have Super Bowl Sunday. God help us. I, I, I was talking to a pastor, and he's got, he, he, he sits down, he watches an NFL football game every Sunday afternoon after church. I said, I don't know how you can do that and be right with God. He said, well, it don't bother me to watch him Football players, I said, well, them cheerleaders dancing around half naked bother me, amen. Amen. And if it don't bother you, something's wrong with you. Amen. Amen, that's exactly right. You can say amen right there, amen. That's one of them places you need to say amen. Lest I think you're doing it, amen. What are you saying, Brother David? Now, what I'm trying to tell you is, if you ain't careful, you'll let things get in between you and God and it'll affect your attendance at the house of God. Right. Right. Amen. Daddy never, my dad, when I was growing up, my daddy never would let us be a part of anything that'd take us out of the house. Now, I wasn't saved and I lived, I was a, I lived like, a, like a dog after I got out of daddy's house because I wasn't saved. But when I was at home, I went to church when the doors was open. Is either go or find a place to live. I had a drug problem when I got older, but I had a drug problem when I was going when I was living at home too. Daddy drug me to church every time the doors was open. <laughs> Amen. Every time I turned around, I was having to go to the house of God. You say, well, I don't think you ought to do that, amen. Well, why don't you try that with them brushing their teeth? I had a family, one person tell me that. Well, I'm not gonna make mine go to church. Well, I said, well, don't make them brush their teeth either then because going to church is a whole lot more important than brushing your teeth. Well, I'm going to let it be their choice. All right, well, let them, let them, let them little boys, about eight or nine, ten years old, amen, choose when they're going to change underwear the next time, when they want to take a bath. You know when that'll be? Sometime next year, about July, amen, after it's got so bad they can't stand it. Amen. That's the truth. It don't work, it's inconsistent. So this is what I'm trying to tell you. If you let things get in your life between you and God, it will start affecting your power level with him. And when that happens, you'll start your attendance, your connection to the body of believers will start being affected. Number two, I, another, another reason, another way that you can have lose, get disconnected is because you've got a bad, bad signal. You've got a bad signal. In other words, the signal is not getting clear to your phone. It's not that the signal is not going out. Now with AT&T, the problem was, I don't know what it was. It's putting up bad towers or something. I don't know what they're doing. But my signal was getting worse. But it wasn't my phone. I tried several phones. But sometimes it can be your phone just ain't receiving the signal. You get in a low spot. Sometimes you go through a hard time. Sometimes you go through a depression, a battle, a valley. Sometimes you'll get down a low place and the signal will go right over you and you won't pick up what's going on, you'll be disconnected from them. Now, there, there's a whole host of reasons why you can get disconnected from the house of God. You can get, it'd be a bad signal. You can have a tower problem, a tower down. Sometimes you're just getting a bad position. You get too far away. You separate yourself too much from the fellowship of the believers. Sometimes it's because, and this is what I really want to deal with tonight, Sometimes you get disconnected just because you hang up. I get calls from, used to be weird numbers. I'd get weird numbers on the phone. I'd, I'd see that weird number. I'd say, that's one of them stupid phone calls from overseas trying to sell me uh, something. 
I don't know what they were trying to sell. I never could understand them, what they were trying to sell. So sometimes they'd, they'd say, I'd pick up, they'd ever give you a chance. You can't even say hello. Mr. Wells, we're selling, you know, whatever it is, truckloads and fuzzy wads, and we'd like to sell you a dozen of them, and could we talk to you? And just here they go, you know, they're in their spiel. And I just sat down on the table and let them talk. They'd talk and talk and talk. Mr. Wells? Yes, sir. Just keep talking again. I just let them talk. They get done, sir. Hey, would you be interested? No, thank you. Click. <laughs> and so I'd get on the no call list. And then they'd, they'd, then now they're now they're calling me and it's for my area code. I, I don't understand that. And, and so I get disconnected from them. You know how I do? Click. I answer a call. I answered a call today. I didn't. I didn't recognize the phone number. I thought somebody's trying to call. It's some guy's insurance salesman on the other end. I, he's recording. He wasn't even talking to me. Click. I said, "This is stupid." Well, sometimes you get disconnected because you hang up because of a choice that you make. This is what he said in this text: "We're not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is." In doing so in disconnecting ourselves, in disassembling, then we fail to do what the Apostle Paul tells us to do in this text, and that is to exhort us, exhort the members of the body and be exhorted by the members of the body. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is God has a message for you. Something that will salvage and change your life. But you ain't here to hear it. You know what you've done? You've hung up. When you choose not to be here, you've hung up. If you're hindered from being here, that's different. I understand hindrances. We're not talking about that. We're talking about willfully, willfully not being here. I'm going to tell you, how, you're going to find out how serious that is here in just a moment. But what I want you to understand is, is that we are to exhort one another unto love and to good works. We're to provoke one another. You can't do that if you don't come together with the assembly. This is what the Apostle Paul is telling us. He said it's vitally important that you come together when the body comes together and as the body comes together and the days get longer and the day is approaching, it's going to be more important in years to come than it is right now. Some of these older folk that are in the service tonight can remember a time when they had services one time a month. They'd have a preacher come around. He'd get to preach maybe one time a month in a church service. And you know what they done? They made it. But they didn't have near the stuff to distract them that we got now. And so the more, the longer we go, Brother Smith, the more important it is that you be in the house of God. Not only just be in the house of God, be vitally connected to it. When you get disconnected, from the house of God. You say, Brother David, I don't know if I'm disconnected from him or not. I'm there every service. Well, let me ask you a question. Can you hear what's being said? Me and my wife, we'll be on the phone. I'll be talking to her. We'll be going down the road. All of a sudden, I'll drop service signal. And at the Wells household, if you're going to leave the house, before you leave, Mama gets a hug. That's from the oldest. That's me. All the way through the children. And now the daughter-in-law and soon-to-be son-in-law. Mama gets a bye hug before you leave because she said, you never know, we might not ever see each other again. Amen. So mama gets a hug before you leave. You better give mama a hug. If you don't, you're going to get a phone call. Hey, you forgot to give me a hug. 
You know what that means? Turn around and come back. That's what that means. She's not saying that, but that's what it means. If you don't, when you get back, you'll wish you had. Amen. Because mama ain't happy. And when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. We've all heard that, amen. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that before you leave, you gotta, well, we'll be going down the road sometime before we get off the phone, me and my wife. I love you. I love you before we get off the phone. Sometimes, though, we'll be going down the road and we'll, we'll get disconnected and I'll be jabbering my brains out just to talking away. And I don't do that very often, amen. And uh, I, don't, I don't care on long conversations a lot of times, do I, hunt? <laughs> but I'll be just a talking away and somehow or another, the signals got cut off. And I'm saying everything that she wants to hear, everything she needs to hear. But she don't hear it because she's been disconnected. That's what happens at the house of God. Amen. They're here, H-E-R-E, here, but they're not hearing, H-E-A-R-I-N-G, hearing. They're here. They're, a lot of times their body is on the pew. But they're not hearing what's being said. Why? They've hung up. They've got disconnected. Believe it or not, me and my wife have had disagreements before. That's what we call it when we're out on the road, when we're home, we call it a fuss. We fussed when I got in a fuss before. And we've been on the phone in a fuss before. And it got to the point where I got so mad and so aggravated about what she was saying. I just said, punk. You've done that, brother? Yes, I did, and I had to repent of it, amen. <laughs> but I hung up. I hung up for her and said something I'd regret and she'd hate, amen. <laughs> I just caught you. Brother Jason's in here. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. He's done it. He knows he's done it. Probably recently the way he looks, amen. <laughs> amen, I hope not, amen. If not, the altar will be open here after a while, amen. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? You sometimes they'll be saying something, and but she's still and you've hung up. Don't tell her not to say nothing to me after a while, amen. I know what's happening. He's giving her instructions, amen. He don't want the cat out of the bag. What are you saying, brother? I'm saying if you ain't careful, you'll be saying you'll get mad and hang up. A lot of times it's what you need to hear. A lot of times my wife, my wife has a lot of insight. I used to question it. I got to where I don't even question it no more. She's got, she says, I just try to say, yeah, you're right about that. I probably missed that. She's been right so many times, why argue? Amen. Amen. She's got, got a lot of insight. She might be warning me about something that I need to hear about, but the phone drops out and I can't hear her. Hey, there's a thunderstorm. And then that's the last thing you hear. There's a thunder, and then all of a sudden it's gone. She's trying to let me know, hey, you're headed into a storm. They're, they're, they're saying thunderstorms coming in your area. You need to get to a place where you can be safe and secure. And a lot of times that's what happens. At the house of God, the man of God is preaching. He's telling you, hey, there's a storm coming. There's rough seas up ahead. You need to prepare, but you've hung up. You've got disconnected. And you can't hear what's being said. And all of a sudden the storm comes and you're destroyed. Simply because you got disconnected. How do you know you're getting disconnected? You can't hear what's being said. You can't, you can't hear, you can't hear so that you can receive instructions. Still going out. Still talking. Everything you need to hear is being said. But because you got disconnected, you can't hear what's being said. That ain't for me. 
you get the old Baptist shovel out. Boy, old so-and-so, I'm glad they're here. I wish they was here so they could get out. This is just right up their alley. You need to shorten the handle on that thing a little bit, amen. Choke up on it so when you dump it out, it falls in your lap. If you ain't careful, you'll get disconnected from the house of God and the people of God and you won't be able to receive instruction when you're at the house of God. How many times have I seen it? We had a close family, a close friend of mine. I mean, this is a family, when I say they were close, this is a family, Brother Smith, that we spent, they came over every Thanksgiving. We went over to their house or they came over to our house. We spent the holidays together. We hunted together. He and I hunted together. His wife didn't hunt. My wife didn't hunt either, amen. But we, me and him, we, we deer hunted together. And we went and preached together. And we preached in prison revivals together and jails together and just all kinds of stuff. But there started to be... I, 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 there, I ain't getting nothing. I can't receive anything. And ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. And the distance got greater and the silence on their end. But I'll tell you something, it's not just instruction. But you can't receive the compassion that the church wants to give you when you get disconnected. Oh, saint of God slip up beside you and put his arm around you. Say, Brother Jason, I love you. Love your family. We're praying for you. Thank God we're praying for you. He goes home. If he's disconnected now, he goes home. What do you think I need praying for? Why is he praying for me? Why is he making an example of me? Why is he pointing me out? And all they're doing is showing you love and compassion, but you can't hear it because you've disconnected yourself from the body. You've cut yourself off. Well, you can hear everything they're saying down on the job to you. Every time they encourage you down there and say good things about you down there, you don't have any trouble hearing that. But you can't hear what they're saying to the house of God. You can't respond to warnings. can't receive encouragement. can't accept c- compassion. Even when people get disconnected from the house of God, you can know that because when you try to love them, they won't even receive the love. Yeah, the little light bulb's going blink, 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 blink. Yeah, I, you know what? I know people like that. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together because of the approaching days. In other words, we are to forsake less. We are to assemble more. We are to exhort more. We are to provoke more. We are to consider more. We are to hold fast more. We are to not waver more. And then we are to do it more and more and more and more. It's to get stronger as we go day by day. People who are disconnected cannot receive the expression of compassion because they are not able to hear what is being said, even though the signal from the body is still strong. The body's still reaching out, and they can't receive that compassion. Illustration. There's a situation we were dealing with with that family that I was talking about. 
And there was a situation that they needed us to show them compassion. There, I mean, if I explained to you the situation, you would say there is no doubt they needed, needed the people of God. But when the people of God showed up, brother, they were in such a bad shape spiritually that they wouldn't even let the church, the people of God, pray for their family or pray with their family. Pray for their children or their grandchildren. Wouldn't even let, it, wouldn't even let the people of God see them. This is, this, is, this is a... I'm talking about when I say people of God that had loved them, we built them a house. We didn't pay for it, but we done the labor. I crawled all over under the house putting in air conditioning ducts and plumbing and doing the electric and done electric multiple times and all kinds of stuff. All, all we wanted to do was show them love. But they had got so disconnected, Brother Jason, that when we reached out to them to show them love and compassion and mercy... They ran from it and misread what was being done as something totally different. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. How connected are you to the body of believers at your church? How connected are you? Are you more connected to your job than you are to the church? Are you more connected to your little league baseball team than you are to the church? Your midget football team, your high school football team, college football team, whatever it is. You're more connected to that than you are to the church. Will you, how much, what will you sacrifice? What will you sacrifice for first? The church or your job? The church or your hobby? The church or your extended family? Which will you sacrifice for first? That's who you're connected to. That's who you're connected to. Miss Whitley, don't ever let anything get between you and the house of God. Stay vitally joined to it. Don't let don't let anything or anyone put a wedge between you and the house of God. The danger of being disconnected is that you cannot receive what God has for you when you are. Words of warning tonight. We've had a great week. We've had a great week. Amen. Let me leave you with this warning. Do not get disconnected from it. Don't disconnect yourself from the people of God. Don't ever do that. Listen to me. I've got all the illustrations I need. I'm an evangelist. I travel all over. One of the hardest things about being in the ministry that I'm in, Brother Jason, is year to year, 
you always hope that you'll go back, you'll be going back for years and that you'll see people grow. But one of the hardest things is going back and seeing people that you love, cared for. You go back and they're not there for some stupid reason. I mean a dumb reason. Facebook. You don't want them to have Facebook because it's a cesspool, amen. Amen. Listen to me. I was listening to a radio talk show host who is lost as a ball in high weeds. He's a political commentator. And this is what he said. I would never allow my children to be on social media. He said, I don't have social media. It's a cesspool. I know a boy named Michael Burden. I've witnessed to him for years and years. He has one, two, three, four, four boys. Rambunctious boys. One of them's in Japan right now. He's a Marine. He's in Japan, so the oldest one's in Japan. And we were talking one day, and just out of the blue, he said, you ever heard of uh, Facebook? I said, yeah. He said, I'll tell you something, Dave. He said, I never would let that in my house. He said, do you know how many friends of mine have met people on there, their wives have met people on there, and they've left them to go meet them because they met them on Facebook? It ain't just Facebook, it's social media. I understand we have tools, but when you turn tools into toys, you're fixing to get in trouble. Amen. Amen. Nothing wrong with having tools, as long as you can keep it a tool. But if it ever turns into a toy, a chainsaw is a great tool, but you wouldn't want your kids playing with it. Right. That's right. Yeah, I know I'm right. And it has it has destroyed untold millions of homes. Amen. Amen. And then somebody get mad and leave because a man of God said, you know what, we're not going to do that here. If you do it, you can do it. I can't, you know, and some places have different standards. I understand all of that. But you're not going to, you know, take part in the service and all that kind of stuff. We, we, don't, we don't want that influence leading the church. I understand. And somebody get mad and leave the house of God over that? So your neighbor comes by and turns 10 rattlesnakes loose in your house. The preacher comes by and says, hey, you better get out of that house. Them rattlesnakes are going to eat you alive. They'll kill you. They get in bed with you. It's over with. It wouldn't have to be a rattlesnake for Brother John. It could just be a green snake. Amen. 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 We wouldn't want that to happen at all. Amen. You better, and then, and you know what? I ain't going back over to that church. You know what he told me to do? Get out of my house. That's all they hear. No, get out of your house. There's rattlesnakes in it. He don't just tell you what to do. He tells you why he's telling you don't do that. He can see further down the road than you can. And I'm not just, I'm dealing with Facebook, but you just put whatever in there. Amen. Facebook's just the issue of our day. But it could be, it could be one of a million things. Amen. What are you saying, Brother David? I'm saying they let, I said the other night, I, I've seen churches split right down the middle over the color of carpet they're going to put in. I've seen, listen, I've been, I was a member of a church one time and we had a almost a knockdown drag out in the middle of the aisle. I was a young Christian. A young Christian. I'm talking about seven or eight months old. Maybe a year old Christian. Hadn't been saved long at all, had we? 
And we all we wanted to do was give the pastor a little raise to help him out, amen, to help cover his gas and all that kind of stuff. He's about to starve the poor fellow to death. We wanted to give him a little old raise to help him out, and they throwed a fit. And there's a fellow met me in the middle, and I was a young man, and I had a fuse about that long. I always did have, and it stayed lit half the time. So I wasn't just looking for a fight, I was hoping for one. And after I got saved, the Lord was working on me, and he was still working on me at that time. And that fellow jumped up in my face, and I was still hoping for one. As a matter of fact, if the pastor hadn't stepped between me and him, there probably would have been a fight right there in the church over money. A good man who had labored there for years over giving him a little old raise. I've seen him throw fits over moving Paul's special chair. I ain't have a story. I've seen people stay at churches because, well... Daddy's buried out there in the cemetery. I can't leave Daddy. He don't know if you're going to leave or not. Amen. He don't care. And if he means that much to you, dig him up and take him with you. Amen. But don't just keep going there. Don't keep going there where the dead in the church and outside the church too. Amen. Pick the dead one up you want to take and leave and go somewhere where God can work in your heart. Amen. You say, well, I don't believe that's Bible. That's what they done with Joseph. They got ready to get out of Egypt, amen. Joseph said, don't you leave my bones here. Joseph didn't know his bones was in Egypt, but they took him, they dug him up and took him with them. That's right. Amen. What are you saying, Brother David? My warning to you tonight is don't get disconnected. Amen. Don't get disconnected from the body. Amen. And this is the warning signs. When you stop being able to hear what the man of God is saying to you, you're disconnected. Yeah, sometimes it goes like it's not all the time just a quick drop off. <laughs> I hate to admit this, but I have to admit it because the Lord just reminded me of it. But I hate to admit this, but I have at times been going down the road and not really want to talk to somebody. And yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, they, and when I see, and I won't uh, lose, drop that. <laughs> Sometimes you're only getting half of what's being said. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You got to be careful that you don't just get part of it, but you get all of it. And be more involved in the house of God and the work of God than you've ever been. Listen to me. We're all busy. But you know what's amazing? When I was a little boy, that old, but when I was a little boy, we didn't have cell phones. Uh, most every family had one car, and if you had two cars, you were just about rich where I was from. Amen. So I'm, we, what, ain't that right, hon? That's right. Um, I hate to admit it, but we had we had TV at home, but only the wealthy people had cable. Amen. We had rabbit ears, and then we graduated to an antenna. We could really do good. Then we got four channels instead of three. I cotton, buddy, and we didn't have all brother right there. Hold it. Remember? Yes. 
We ain't got time. And back then, we didn't have near the conveniences that we got now. And you know, it's amazing. The more gadgets we get, the more simplified our life becomes, the less time we got. We ain't got time to do nothing no more. I mean, Brother Smith can't even go deer hunting. It's pitiful. Got more convenience. And you know, these people used to hunt all the time. Used to work all summer, lay aside, and then they'd hunt all winter long. Amen. I wish I could do that. Amen. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We got more conveniences we ever had, but the devil's filled our life up with distractions and we ain't got no time. And it'll get us disconnected from the body if we're not careful because of the distractions. Now I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you connected? You got a good signal, weak signal. Sometimes you're connected, but you know it's just one bar. You need to up at that four and five bars. That's where you need to keep it. And that's up to you. It may not be up to you when it comes to your phone. But it's up to you when it comes to your church. It comes to the house of God. Well, I don't appreciate what he said to me the other night while he was preaching. He didn't call your name. He might have. But he didn't call your name. He's just reading email. He can't help it. God, he's not listening. He ain't making the mail. He's just delivering the mail. Don't get mad at the mailman. You don't get mad at the mailman when he brings you the bill, do you? You don't, you don't get the bill. You don't get the bill from, you know, the credit card bill from Belks where she went to Belks and overspent or whatever it was. I don't know if she goes to Belks or not, but I might be reading somebody's mail tonight. Amen. <laughs> but uh, she goes to Belks and she overspends the credit card. You, the mailman comes there and he delivers that $3,000 bill from Belks. And throw it. That stupid mailman, I can't stand him. Why does he bring me that stuff? No, you don't do that. You go to her and say, no, honey. I know you spent $3,000 at Belk's the other day. We don't need to do that anymore because our budget will not allow that. And if we want to maintain our budget, we've got to stop doing that. Could you please agree with me in prayer and faith that you won't do that anymore? That's what you say. But you don't go have that talk with the mailman, amen. You go have that talk with the wife or the daughter or whoever it is to spend it, amen. Men don't do that. All their purchases are needful. They need another gun to match the one they have. <laughs> I need a new set of hunting clothes because my old set of hunting clothes are moss yoke. I need real tree now. Those are needs. You know. Just, huh? You with me, ain't you? Amen. <laughs> Don't give mad at the mailman for delivering the mail. He's just doing his job. Saying, Lord. If he's right and I'm wrong, I want to make it right. I want to stay connected to the body. So that when I come back next year, if I get to come back next year, Lord willing, I get to come back again. The body's still strong. You're still connected. And the Lord is able to give you exactly what you need every service because you've maintained the connection with the body. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Don't get disconnected. Let's pray. Father, as we come before your throne tonight, I pray that this church will take these words of warning. Take heed.
and they would not be like a forgetful man who beholding his natural face in a glass seeth what manner of man he is and straightway forgets what manner of man he is. Don't let us be forgetful hearers. Let us be hearers that remember. Let us examine ourselves in the Word of God and respond accordingly. And we'll thank you, Father, and praise you for all that you do. I know it's been more of a teaching than a preaching tonight, but that's just where you had me. And Lord, I pray that your will would be done now. Help us not to be disconnected. I miss my church, Lord. I've been gone for a while. Been gone a lot here lately, out preaching and doing your work. But Lord, I still want to stay connected to them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.